You're a wizard, Abby! Sarah Topkins, Michael DeMauro, and I'm Vijaya Shrestha. This week, we talk about Chapter 5, The Order of the Phoenix, which is the titular chapter. We also discuss secret societies in history, and the battle for the Quizich Cup continues. Wow, can you believe it's already been five episodes? I can't, and... Golly. I haven't showered in five weeks. You. <laughs> I've just been I've just been consuming like bottle of wine after bottle of wine over the past five weeks. So uh, none of y'all have gone to work in the five weeks. Y'all have gotten no. fired, but I don't have a job, so I'm fine. No problemo. It's okay, they weren't paying for my cell phone bill anyway. <laughs> <laughs> my God. Carrying that straight along to week five. <laughs> It's called uh, continuity. And they pay people to make sure that things are continuous. Okay, I'm ready. All right, so it's me and Sarah again. Okay. Gerd Dermot. Back at it again. All right, guys. What is the slogan that appears on the tapestry for the noble and most ancient house of black? Shit. <laughs> okay, this is not it, but once you go black. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I would guess that, like, something about pure blood beats all. I don't know. I'm sorry. Oh, wait. It's like uh, the most noble. This most noble house of black. Yeah, or something pure blood black family. I I mean, you all sound great with these answers. I love them. It's actually, I think it's Latin or French. I can't tell which one. If that helps. Does anyone want to take a stab? I don't know how to pronounce it, so if I butcher this. Most noble house de black. (laughs) I think this one was a stumper. Man, you guys got, you guys got got. Did I break your all's brains? (laughs) It's toujours pur, or whatever. Isn't it like the pure blood or something? Always. Yeah, but that's not what it is. toujours, Toujours pur means like. Always pure. Yeah, yeah. God damn it. Yeah, that's French. Hey, it could my be, it could be had old pure French. in it. <laughs> Half point. I apologize to everyone who is French for my butchery of that. That was horrendous. The most noble house noir. They're so uh, the worst. They're the worst. Well, I guess we'll do a tiebreaker for the loser. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can do that. Again, I have 92 questions, so don't worry. We won't run out. <laughs> okay. I'm really okay. sorry that I'm coughing. I didn't take my allergy medicine today because I thought the pollen situation was better, but then I ran earlier than I am. I guess you are not pure. Oh, sh- why? Because I'm allergic to pollen? Because you're yes. lungs are <laughs> infiltrated with pollen. Okay, I'm ready for the tiebreaker. All right, tiebreaker question. What is the name of Sirius' great-great-grandfather who is the least popular headmaster Hogwarts ever had? Beep! Pajaya. Phineas Nagellus. Yes. 
So I get yeah. to play with Michael because this was a loser tiebreaker. Yep. <laughs> yep. That is accurate. You don't get a point, but you get to play with me. <laughs> I don't know if that's Good Great, job, everyone. What's better than getting a point? I'm glad I stumped you all with that one. That was fun. Matt did say earlier that <laughs> Megan was the most prepared of us all. Yeah, Matt. Yes. She made the fucking questions. <laughs> she is. <laughs> That's how it works. I feel like if I wasn't, I would look like a rube. I feel like this is the least prepared I've ever been for Quizage, which is not good. <laughs> Get it together, man. Because... Yeah, Lord. Oof, okay. Well, this is a long book also. There's lots to remember. It's a lot. Man, there's a lot, and there's a lot of yelling. Like, even just, you know, rereading it, I was like, man, there's a lot of all caps. Yes. All, all caps Harry. And I'm like, this is, this is like reading like a subreddit and I don't need it. Harry. You know what? I changed okay. my mind. I think the title of this book should be Harry Potter and all caps And the Harry. loud noises. <laughs> Harry Potter the what? All caps, Harry. Um, no. All caps, Harry Potter and all the feelings. Ugh, he's the worst. He's the worst. All right. You and it's you and me. Michael versus Bajaya. All right. How is Tonks' mother Andromeda related to Sirius Black? Ding, ding, ding. Michael. It's her, his aunt. No. It's his first no? cousin. Boom. Correct. Yeah. What? Yep. Yep. <laughs> you stupid. Hmm. Man, I was all the way wrong in that one. No, you were you were adjacent. You were you were you adjacent. Were, you were right. You were right adjacent. Um, you were you were a second cousin once removed of right. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. Uh, all right. Well, good. Great. <laughs> um, the most pure house of <laughs> answers. Cool. See you all next week. Chapter 5, The Order of the Phoenix. Last time, last week, we definitely heard about the crazy screaming portrait, which turned out to be Sirius's mom. And Sirius is like, yeah, we've been trying to get her down, but a we think that she may have used permanent sticking charm on the canvas. So it's going to stay up for we don't know how long. That Gorilla Glue will get you. Yeah. So Harry finally finds out that they are in Sirius's parents' house. So that those are the dark wizards that the house belongs to. Hmm. And it's now Sirius's because um, he's the only black left. So he offered it to Dumbledore to use as headquarters, um, and he's like, this is the only useful thing I can do. And when he says that, Harry notices that there's a hardness and bitterness in his voice because he feels he feels pretty useless. That's that isolation thing coming in from last week's discussion. So the whole house is pretty, like, dark and gloomy. Mr. and Mrs. Weasley are in the kitchen with Bill. They're, like, talking about something. And as soon as um, Harry enters, Bill rolls up the parchment. They've been looking, so Harry kind of gets a peek at the parchment. Um, and they've been looking at what looks like a plan of a building. But Molly sees him looking, so he she puts it away really fast. So Mundungus Fletcher is in the kitchen. Harry had actually mistaken him for a pile of rags until he actually wakes up and he <laughs> apologizes 
apologizes to Harry for, you know, leaving, but he's like, you know, I got a, I got a business opportunity I had to follow. You, you feel me, Harry? I don't know why he has that accent, but he does. It's perfect. I like it. <laughs> so Sirius tells Harry that, um, because Sirius is like, so how's your summer been? And Harry's like, oh, it's been terrible. And Sirius is like, yeah, your summer hasn't been that bad. I would have given an arm and a leg to battle the mentors and an opportunity to stretch my legs. So Sirius tells him that he's been cooped inside because the Ministry is still looking for him and Voldemort will have known that he's an animagus by now because of Peter. God damn it, Peter. Yeah, so he can't go outside in his dog form so he's just inside. Which I don't really this thing that's uh, serious is like your summer wasn't this bad it's like saying you shouldn't feel bad that you broke your leg because people have cancer in the world. Like you can have a bad time and someone have a worse time that doesn't negate the bad summer that Harry had just because Sirius had a worse summer. Like stop it. Stop making me feel bad Sirius. They both want to out sad each other. <laughs> I know. They have, they have a complex no, I'm sadder. No, I'm sadder. I'm the saddest. <laughs> <laughs> so Sirius is also mad about being cooped up because Snape is now I'm working the for the order. <laughs> Snape is now working for the order like we found out last week. But he's like coming around the house and being like, oh my God, I'm doing all these dangerous missions. Um, and how is the cleaning of the house coming along, by the way? Because, and the cleaning of the house is going real slow because no one has lived there for 10 years and the house elf has gone crazy. And in the whole, like, their conversation, Mundungus is, like, finding treasures in the house where he's clearly looking to pilfer. Fred and George are of age now and they can perform their magic whenever... And wherever, which they try to do, Mrs. Weasley is pretty mad at them for doing this and starts talking about, like, examples of our older boys being responsible. And she starts naming off, like, Bill, Charlie, and stops short right after Percy. Mm. And it's, like, real awkward while they're eating. And then Mrs. Molly says, there's something rattling and shaking in the writing desk. Huh? What? Put that in your pocket for books. Seven. And um, the curtains are full of doxy, so they have to clean that. Hey, when that happens. <laughs> oh, meanwhile, Arthur, Lupin, and Bill are discussing goblins and how their role will play out in this upcoming wizarding war. Arthur doesn't think that they will join Voldemort because he had killed the goblin family in the first wizarding war. But Lupin is like, uh, I mean, it depends on what they get. They, If they're given freedom, which they're not allowed under the current Ministry of Magic, they may as may very well, very well join Voldemort. So Sirius also tells Harry that Mundungus is in the order, even though he's like, kind of shifty because he's useful. He knows all the crooks and the gossip that goes through the, I guess, the bad parts of Diagonal or Nocturne Alley. And he is also very loyal to Dumbledore who got him out of a tight spot one time. And then right before dessert or right after dessert, Sirius is like, look, I'm really surprised that you've not asked about Voldemort yet to Harry. And Harry's like, yes, I have. I've asked Ron and Hermione, but they don't, they won't tell me anything because they don't know and they're not in the order. And they're jerks and they hate me. And they, they're jerks and I'm really sad and I'm all by myself <laughs> and I'm better than them at, at fighting Dementors. So Molly is adamant that no, none of the kids are allowed. They're not in the order. They're not allowed to know anything about the order business because they're too young, blah, blah, blah. And there's her and Sirius like go back and forth. They're like, 
kind of like getting real like the tension is just rising because Sirius is like look Harry is the one that saw Voldemort come back he is he should be able to ask questions and the Weasley kids want to know too and then Sirius is like it's fine to tell the kids what's going on and Molly reminds him that Dumbledore not told him not to tell Harry any more than he needs to know. And Sirius is like, I'm telling, I'm saying that he also needs to know what he needs to know. I get to choose because I'm his godfather. Godfather. You come to my house and you tell me that I cannot tell you my godson. You come to me on the oh day my, of my oh. godson's, uh, my godson. God damn it. You beat me to it. <laughs> my son's emotional meltdown, you tell me. You tell me so, I can't tell him what, to, what he needs to know. Harry is only 15 and not in the order, but, you know, he saw Voldemort return and he's dealt with much more than uh, most of the order has dealt with. And again, they go back and forth and Molly's like, he's not James, you know, and sometimes you think, sometimes it seems like you think your best friend is back. And she also calls him an irresponsible godfather. Rude. Yeah. So she kind of turns to Arthur and then Lupin to like back her up. But both of them are like, um, we think that Harry should be able to get facts and not all of it, but, you know, a general picture instead of getting a garbled one from others. Hint, hint, extendable ear ones. Mm. So Molly's outvoted and she's like, fine, I'm the only one that cares about Harry. You all hate him and want him to die. She doesn't say that, but Lupin is like, you know, there are other people here that care about Harry too. So Harry wants to know what's going on and Molly tries to send all the other kids out and, you know, Arthur says... The twins are adults and they can stay. And Ron is like, well, Harry's going to tell me and Hermione everything anyway. And for a split second, Harry's like, wants to say, fuck no. Uh, Maybe now you'll get a taste of being in the dark and not know anything. But he says, of course he will. So Ginny is the only one that gets sent away, which sucks because I've been that little kid before that gets to go to bed while everybody else is having fun. And (coughs) it's really stupid. And also Ginny's really (laughs) the only one who can handle all this shit. Let's be real. (laughs) Ginny should have been like, I'm the only one that's been possessed by Voldemort, so I get to stay. So, yeah. So, Harry's like, you know, I've been watching the Muggle News. There haven't been any suspicious deaths. And it's because Voldemort doesn't want to draw attention to him. He has messed up his comeback because what he originally planned was to kill Harry. So, the only people that would know that he was back was the supporters. But Harry survived and told the only person that Voldemort, 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 would, like, not want to know about his comeback, which is Dumbledore, because the only wizard Voldemort was scared of is Dumbledore. So because Harry was able to tell Dumbledore about his return, Dumbledore was able to recall the order within an hour of his Voldemort's return. So this is all the stuff that Arthur, Lupin, and Sirius are telling Harry about what's going on. So the order have been working really hard to make sure Voldemort's plan don't come to fruition. And Dumbledore has like ideas about Voldemort's plan. So Voldemort is trying to build an army, trying to... And, trying to convince, to counter this, the Order has been trying to convince as many people as possible that Voldemort is back. But it's been tricky because Fudge and the Ministry has been refusing to believe it because Fudge is scared that Dumbledore is plotting to overthrow him and take the Minister of Magic position for himself. Man, he's fragile, you go. I know. So he still remembers that after the last Minister of Magic, before Fudge um, retired, people wanted Dumbledore to become a minister, and he declined. But Fudge never... And then Fudge became a minister, but he never forgot how popular Dumbledore was. For the Ministry and 
fudge. Accepting that Voldemort is back would mean having to deal with shit that the Ministry has not had to deal with in over 14 years. 14 years. And it's just easier to think that Dumbledore is lying. You know, it's just easier to say fake news instead of dealing with uh, what's happening. Just saying. Hashtag real commentary. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, it's been hard to convince people that Voldemort is back. And they're using, the ministry is using Daily Profit as um, its propaganda arm, like present day America. So they've been like squashing stories about uh, what's been going on. So most of the wizarding population have no idea about what is actually going on, which makes them more vulnerable to the imperious curse by Death Eaters and Voldemort. It's a cycle. It's a cycle, people. It's a cycle. Vicious, vicious cycle. So Harry's like, but you've been trying to tell people, right? Right? And they're like, yeah, we're a mass murderer, a werewolf, three people that work in the ministry that could lose their jobs, and being in the ministry to spy on the ministry is very important. So, yeah, we've been telling everyone, and we've been having great success, Harry. Use your fucking head. (laughs) Thanks a lot. (laughs) But they have convinced some people. um, (laughs) You're a real PR genius, Harry. (laughs) Uh, So Tonks obviously was too young last time, so she has joined in, and they've also gotten another aura named Kingsley Shacklebolt who is in charge of Sirius's case. Kingsley! Kingsley! And uh, he's been feeding the Ministry the wrong info about where Sirius is. So that's good. That's cool. And Dumbledore is in so much trouble because he's been the one out there just, you know, telling people and, like, being really vocal about Voldemort's comeback. And the Daily Prophet... Kevin's doing his hard work. Which I know. Going door to door, grassroots organization. Down in that pavement, you know. <laughs> so Daily get, Profit you get has a been... lot of you get a lot of secret doors slammed in your face. <laughs> so Daily Prophet has also been trying to discredit him. They ran a story about how he was um, voted out of chairmanship of the International Conference of Wizards because he was getting old and losing his grip. But when it's really he got voted down because voted out because he made a speech about Voldemort's return. He has also gotten demoted from Chief Warlock of the Wizengamot. Oh man. And the ministry, mm. this is all done by the ministry people. And they're also talking about taking away his Order of Merlin first class. But Dumbledore doesn't care about any of that as long as he's on the Chocolate Frogs. <laughs> and they're like, haha, that's funny because he's, he, Chocolate Frogs are funny. And Arthur's like, no, this is really serious because all of the shit that he's doing could very well land him in Azkaban, which means that with Dumbledore out of the way, Voldemort will have a clear field. And it doesn't matter that Voldemort's, like, not out, like, he's not hitting the pavement like Dumbledore is. He's not doing canvassing. He's not doing grassroots organizing. He's getting followers through tricks, jinxes, and blackmail. And he also has other plans he's concentrating on. Things you can only get by stealth. And Sirius, like, really, really wants to tell him at this point, but he also is, he can't come out and tell Harry, so he's, like, kind of, like, coaxing him to the right questions and answers. So he's like, yeah, things you can only get by stealth. And Harry's like, so it's like a weapon that he didn't have before? Sirius goes, you mean the last war? And Harry says, yeah, so like something worse than Avada Kedavra? And <laughs> like a million Avada what's, what's worse than Avada Kedavra? A million Avada Kedavras? <laughs> so Molly is like, yeah, that's it. That's where we're going to cut this conversation. We need another cliffhanger before we go on to the next chapter. So we're going to cut it at a weapon that is worse than Avada Kedavra. So Harry's like, I want to join the order. And the answer is a no. Not from Molly, it's from Lupin, because the order is comprised of wizards who are 
overage and out of school, and he agrees with Molly that Harry has heard enough. Go to bed, Harry, you stupid little git. <laughs> so, I guess the new thing is Kingsley Shacklebolt. I can't remember if you've talked about him before, but he's new. I think we... He was we, I feel the... like he might have popped up. In yeah, the last... we didn't hear a lot about him, but he was in the... Or, yeah. he, or he was at the very beginning. He was one, of, was the he? Guard. Was he last... he was one of the guard who flew Harry okay. to the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's there, and my questions is... My questions... My questions is... My questions is... My questions are, what do you think, like... Do you think Harry should have had the opportunity to know as much as he got to know? Or do you think they should have been like, now this is order Phoenix business. You stay out of it, you meddling kids. I kind of think that he's a kid and he probably doesn't need to. I mean, I think that they could have maybe done a better job of handling, like, giving him a tiny, enough information that he's, that he's, like, satiated, like, that he feels like he has at least that he knows something, but he, yeah. he doesn't, you know, everything. And also that's dumb. I mean, as, or they could at least explain to him like, Hey, yo, as a tactic, it's really dumb to have your most vulnerable person know all of your secrets. Like that's, I feel like if once they explain that to him in, in more words and just like, you don't need to know You're like, Hey, you're super valuable. Yeah. You're super smart. But like, because of that, we can't tell you everything. Like make it about him. It's all about how you spin it. But, Harry yeah, is, but, but he's the yeah. boy who lived. And every year not, he's... Not, not the boy who lived in the darkness. Every year <laughs> he, he bests that Voldemort. And, you know, it's he's the hero. He's the protagonist. Don't you know this? No. It's also like, yeah, like you don't want all your eggs to be in one basket because Dumbledore knows stuff about Harry that he doesn't know right now. But it's also like all of this has to do with Harry. And if he... You know that if you don't tell him certain things, yep, like everything needs to be spelled out to Harry. So unless you tell him, like, don't do this and do this, like for this reason, he's going to do the thing that he's not supposed to do. Right. So I feel like it would be in their interest to tell him maybe everything. I don't know. Or nothing. Maybe. Keep him in the dark. Put him in a box. Isn't there like a spell you could cast where like... He thinks that he knows everything. I mean, <laughs> all teenagers think they know everything. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> but no, where he like actually thinks that he knows everything, but he, they, he doesn't actually know anything. Or he could just lie to him. Just lie. That's a good way to build trust. Yeah. So my second question is, what do you think the weapon is that is worse than Avada Kedavra? A million Avada Kedavras. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine these uh, a million av- Avada Kedavras just like raining across the sky like arrows. But it's in the formation of something. Maybe it's in the formation of like a beautiful unicorn or something. Mm. No, it's probably uh, skull. Beautiful and terrible. Yeah, that's what I'm s- exactly, Michael. Exactly. Maybe it's love. Just trampling. The power of love. Uh, that's so overdone. I hope it's not that. Teen hormones. Tell that. Tell it to Huey Lewis. (laughs) Bajaya. Fine. Rose. I hate love. What would be worse than Avada Kedavra? I feel like actually think that Avada Kedavra. I think there are actually think that like the other unforgivable curses are some extent worse than Avada Kedavra. Oh, I know. Yeah, I because like because like the Cruciatus like being controlled or being tortured like to the point where like spoiler alert Neville's parents you go crazy and you're handing gum wrappers to your child like as opposed that's like way worse to me than just being there one minute and then not being there the next. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. to me that's way worse than Avada Kedavra. Yeah. Oh yeah, but like being killed. Like there's instantly. probably I mean, there's gotta sucks, be like but... 
they were they were wizards in the Middle Ages. They had mortals, muggles in the Middle Ages had crazy torture devices. There has to be like some spell that reverses your skin so that all your outsides are facing, <laughs> all your insides are facing out. And I'm just saying, Jesus, Sarah. <laughs> you asked me what was worse than a vodka Fine, sorry, I'll step it back. I'm afraid to like. Come visit you. Maybe you have a torture chamber in your house. If I had enough space for a torture chamber, I would be making a lot more money. <laughs> wow. Oh <my> wow. <laughs> We're learning so, so much tonight. She's saying she doesn't have a torture chamber because she doesn't have space. Jesus. <laughs> yes. I'm very scared. What if she's like, that closet behind her is the torture chamber? <laughs> <laughs> No comment. Yeah, look, you, if you were an inter enterprising tor- an upcoming torturer, you wouldn't you would do well. Um, you you I could made, use space well. I made tortures monthly, hottest thirty under thirty oh, up God. and coming torturers. I'll have you know. Torturess, you mean. Yes. Yeah. I This turned weird. Well that was my chapter, you guys. That was great. Loved it. I can't believe that was just the chapter. Now let's head on over to the segment. Hey guys. Hey, what? (laughs) I know that I said I was part of Torture Monthly's uh, top... So 30 under 30. I'm not under 30. So that was that was an honor bestowed to me last year. So I really got out of my game. But did you know that, like, secret societies are actually a thing? No. What? Yeah, shh. Wait. Sh- gotta keep this on the down low. Did you learn about the secret society I'm in? No. What secret society are you in? I can't tell you because it's a secret. Mm, the secret secret society where they tell secrets to keep secrets. Okay. Um, There are a bunch of secret societies, obviously, and probably there are more, but we don't know about them because they're probably better secret societies than the secret societies we know about because they're still secret. That said, some of the most famous, the Freemasons. We all know the Freemasons. We've seen their compasses. I'm assuming those are compasses on, you know, the like the angular compass things Mm -hmm. on all the buildings. All of our cities are built on them. I happen to be in Freemason Central, a.k.a. Washington, D.C., a.k.a. where the Freemasons wanted to steal the Declaration of Independence. What? What? Isn't that a movie? Wait, Nicolas Cage is in that movie. That was real. Yeah, it was real. Uh, Nicolas Cage is a Freemason who stole the Declaration. It was a de- it was Are a you a Freemason? Are you trying to convert us? I don't know if it's conversion thing. I, I can't say because it's a secret. Um, but they're Dang. actually the longest lasting secret society. Or at least the they're one. They're not very secret. But, well, Michael. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Keep going. They still have some secrets, okay? That's how you keep your society spicy. <laughs> so anyway, so it's the at least the one that we know about. Like the longest running that we know about. Because there could be another one. Still in existence. Uh, they have secret handshakes. They have crazy rituals. They have all of these this hierarchy of members. They have lots of buildings everywhere. Apparently it was originally formed in London in 1717, which seems mm. like an auspicious year if you're going to found something. Yeah. That's when the first lodge uh was formed as a union of a bunch of different smaller societies and you know the 
it was kind of a rumor that it was there until the the circulating for that you know a century until they were sort of outed but most of them most of most modern secret societies take their cue from the masons the freemasons mm. uh, by making cool handshakes having code words doing some weird private rituals doing g- different having a different complex chain of commands all that crazy stuff that's listen, thanks to the freemasons listen talking about Free. Isn't Talking. isn't like that? Isn't that like knock? The like, isn't that like a Freemason knock? Am I making I that up? Two bits. I don't know. I feel I like that's know. a Freemason knock. Speaking of uh, cool handshakes, um, I was in a law fraternity where we had a secret handshake, and I'm going to tell you what it was now. You shake hands normal way, but you extend your index finger and you rub yeah. your partner's <laughs> wrist with the underside like of their wrist with your index finger. Why that's would how you, you do know that? that you are shaking hands with the brother. That, that's how you also creep them out. <laughs> yeah. What? I feel like that's I feel like that's more like code for I don't code know. For you want to you want to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> You're down. When I was for whatever. When yeah, clearly because that is the most disturbing thing I've ever heard. Um and I have a torture chamber in my laundry closet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, actually, I lived down the street from the Freemasons when I was in Bath, and we got a knock on our door one time, and this guy was there, and he's like, hello, I'm Clive. And I was like, hey, Clive, how are you? And he's like, I, I'm down at the Freemasons down the street. Well, you're with well, you're with the the um, Advanced Studies England, aren't you? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, I always look out for you. We know Peter, who's your, your building manager. So if you ever need anything, just holler. We could probably hear you. And I was like, thanks, Clive. And so we had this like whole mythology about Clive the Freemason who would come and save us if we ever had a fire in our building. We never got to call on Clive again, though, and that was the last I ever saw of him. Was he real? I don't know. The Illuminati. <gasps> Although they were... Ar- I hear they controlled the world. Maybe... Dun, dun, dun. Well, they were originally part of the Freemasons, so they only tangentially control the world. Did you guys know that the Amish broke off from the Mennonites and not the opposite way around? Huh. So they broke off huh. from the Mennonites and they said they were going to be more conservative? Yes. Crazy. Okay. Yeah. Right. I know that's not a secret society, but I that's like a fact that I learned not that long ago and I'm still surprised by it. Anyway. So the Illuminati, like the Amish, broke off from the Freemasons. The Amish did not break off from the Freemasons. Just to be clear, they broke off from the Mennonites. Anyway, so Illuminati, they have become the prime focus of conspiracy theorists. They are credited as, you know, having some part in every disaster, mystery, crazy economic downturn or upturn or whatever. There is, um, we don't actually know if they still exist. That pyramid on the dollar bill is Freemason, but also Illuminati. I don't know. I think it also has something to do with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and sort of their mysteriousness is part of their whole their whole shtick. Mm. So there you go. There's the Skull and Bones, uh, which is a very famous secret society. It's also a movie, right? I, don't, I know the Skull and Crossbones are known as the Jolly Roger, which is the pirate flag. But there is... There are some movies that have, I think, I think, what is it called? Uh, maybe, like, The Skulls, which is about Skull and Crossbones? I think so. Or Skull and Bones, excuse me. Um, so they originally founded as the Eulogian Club, which I didn't look up the meaning of, but kind of sounds a little racist, and I'm sure it's a bunch of white dudes who founded this, because it was founded at Yale in 1832, which was probably not a great year in Yale's history, or maybe it was. Sorry, people who went to Yale. But it's founded by William H. Russell, and uh, many prominent heads of state 
including three presidents, have been members of the Skull and Bones. Hmm. They are captains of the industry, and there are many, many heads of covert agencies among its membership. Uh, the society meets twice a week for rituals, which seems like a lot of knowledge for me to have for a secret society. Uh, they follow a lot of Mesa- Masonic rites, so they have, you know, like the cool handshakes and stuff. And it's really basically just a frat that thinks they're cool. So there you go. Hmm. Yeah, there was a movie called The Skulls in, um, that was based on, I guess, that. Gotcha. Cool. There are uh, the Rosicrucians? I don't actually know the Rosicrucians? Crucians? Crucians? <laughs> um, somebody's going to correct me because I actually have never heard of this secret society, but they're from the 15th century, so I'm kind of dumb-dumb that I don't know about this. They're friend of a Christian Rosencruz, and they were reported to have done all sorts of weird occult practices to bring about global transformation. Um, they, two centuries later, the publication of three manifestos launched them into popular consciousness, according to this article. But they are also um, believed to be part of these all these conspiracy theories and believed to have founded the Freemasons, the Illuminati, and all that stuff. Damn. Right. They're like the godfather of all of it, which, by the way, I think the Mafia is not on this list, but I feel like the Mafia is a, uh, it's a kind of secret society that we probably should talk about since we have already done our amazing Marlon Brando impressions, all of us, because we're I think we're going to get Oscars, to be honest. Yeah, so they are sort of, they're considered a guiding force behind every significant revolution in modern history. That's how important they are. What? Yeah, and they're so secret that I didn't know we're about them. We're just like, they're, they're, they're the puppeteers and we're the puppets. Right? Then there's Bilderberg. Uh, in 1954, the world's most influential movers and shakers met in a hotel to discuss and plan that year's global agenda so apparently they meet every year they whatever they talk about is very secretly guarded i heard that about 10 years ago they talked about the season finale of lost and they predicted it so they are the best you know they're technically not a secret society since their existence isn't a question the membership isn't a question but there's a lot of like conspiracies i think that's the definition of secret society being secret yeah, but the well, thing is... Well, like, everything about them is in question. Well, so, yeah, but they're not technically a secret. secret society since, like, they exist, and we know they're members. However, we don't really know what they talk about. We don't know how influential they are or what their meetings are really about. So, they're kind of a secret society in that they could be running the world, and we don't know. Just They're just getting together and playing giant Jenga. I'm just saying, last year, the great Jenga finale, whatever, you know. Anyway, the <laughs> Elders of Zion. So, apparently, uh, in 1920, a newspaper owned by Henry Ford ran articles that printed a Russian document called The Protocols of the Elders of Zion. Um, it was debunked and it was considered a hoax. But then all the articles were collected in, as a book and titled The International Jew, The World's Foremost Problem. Adolf Hitler read this book. He was influenced by this book. He took those ideas. He plagiarized. So not only was he a giant, racist, genocidal asshole, but he was a plagiarist too. So that's cool. So anyway, so all of these, a lot of anti-Semitic theorists believe that the protocols that were put forth by the secret society, the elders of Zion, sort of have fueled all this anti-Semitic consciousness for a very long time. So that's real bad. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fun. Yeah. So it kind of sounds a little bit like the Ku Klux Klan, which I is not on this list either. I would consider, even though that's not secret, a lot of the members are secret because they're ashamed to be terrible racist assholes. But I would consider them 
a sort of secret society, but probably yeah, the latest. This, this list is just a list of seven secret oh, yeah, societies no, I'm that, just, I was from just, a Huffington Post. Yeah. I'm just throwing Ku them Klux in there. Klan was in another one. I'm just throwing them in there, even though they don't deserve the the uh, FaceTime. Then there's the Knights Templar. I was waiting for this Boy. one. Early in the 12th century, knights took a vow Ooh. to protect pilgrims Ooh. traveling through the Holy Land. Pil- more and more knights joined the cause. The organization grew, gathering wealth, fame, and power as their influence spread. They have been considered the founders of many secret societies and guardians of the most sacred Christian treasures. I'm freaking out. This is too spooky. <laughs> but members of the Knights Templar were eventually tortured and executed, and the society was disbanded. However, there is no compelling Da-da-da. evidence that they ever possessed the Ark of the Covenant, the Holy Grail, or the Blood of Christ. But I believe that they have. Damn. So, God. <laughs> and doesn't the Dan Brown sh- uh, story or book say that they did? Yes, but they also so. talk about the Illuminati. So, apparently Dan Brown knows all the secret societies. He's a member of all the secret societies. Other secret societies got guys include Order of the Dragon, which was a real one that Vlad... I think you mean Order of the Phoenix? Order of the Phoenix? No, this is uh, Order of the Dragon, which was uh, that, like, Vlad Dracul, like, Vlad the Impaler Uh, was a part of. So that's not cool. It was was another one of those... It wasn't Knights Templar, but it's another one of those sort of, like, military post-Crusades groups. We can't forget, of course, uh, Hydra, Hail Hydra, one of the most nefarious uh, and Nazi-like organizations in our That's not just a comic book Thing. <laughs> no, there is of course the people in in. I was trying to find other other cool ones, but the mafia, obviously. Oh, I mentioned the mafia. We really want to talk about the mafia, and by we, I mean me, because I think the mafia and other like organized crime families aren't secret societies, but in many ways they are because they control a lot of the cities that they live in, and their yeah. membership is usually pretty secret. They definitely have very complicated hierarchies, which is sort of a. Um, a characteristic of secret societies as well. Now they're going to come after us, Sarah. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. The Dead Poets Society, the Dead Poets Society, that was the biggest poets, <laughs> a boys' school based poets group. Yeah, <laughs> uh, don't forget the Sith. Uh, they spawned many darks. <laughs> Do we know what they were doing? I don't know. They were controlling space and the stars and the wars. Spectre, James Bond definitely fought hard against Spectre. And they were doing some shady shit. think they were Russian. I can't remember. Anybody else have anything? Um, I mean, what about what about the, the Elks Club? About, they're the, the Kingsmen. The Kingsmen. Oh what my god, the- how can I forget about the Kingsmen? Led by a very sexy Welshman in an orange jacket. That's a brave choice for a Welshman, let me tell you. And I am on um, board. They're the Nazgul's, if you will. <laughs> it's a very secret society. I mean, we all know how to become one, but I don't think they're taking membership right now, so it's kind of limited to the nine. Just saying. Yeah, so those are some Those are some many, many real, very real and very serious uh, secret societies. And we, yeah, we went through these secret societies because Sarah, Michael, and I are creating one, and it's going to be really complicated. And it's a very exclusive membership, you know. Very secret. Very amazing yeah, handshake. Yeah, if you want to join, you'll know what to do. It's a low buy-in. It doesn't get expensive until you get in the <laughs> ranks. I mean, it's not a pyramid scheme so much as it is a... I actually don't... It's a funnel. It's a, funnel. It's a, it's a reverse funnel. funnel. Uh, it's like a reverse funnel scheme. <laughs> a reverse funnel plan. So, uh, can't wait to tell you guys yeah, more about it. Each one of you just has to get, like, 
five more people to join the secret society and you're going to be driving a BMW in no time. It's great. Anyway, so um, secret societies are pretty cool, guys. <laughs> yeah, unless they're like trying you know, to... You know, I think though the Order of the Phoenix is the only one so far that I have read about that um, that fights that fights an evil organization because the other ones sort of seem to just meet and do handshakes and want to, to, to rule the world. The Order of the Phoenix has more noble goals. What about the Fellowship of the Ring? I said the Nazgul's, but I forgot the Fellowship of the <laughs> Are Ring. Are they secret, though? Because they're all swearing their axes and their swords. And, like, I mean, everywhere they well, go, they're like, like hey, we have a ring club. back here. If you put it on, it destroys everything. So, good luck. I don't know. I don't feel like they're secret. It's an exclusive club, not really a secret club, I guess. Yeah, there you go. Like the Babysitter's Club. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, exactly. thanks for talking to me about secret societies, guys. Hey. Thank you. Thank you, and you're welcome, and let's make our secret society a success. Yay. Is that our, is that our slogan? <laughs> yeah. We're going to work on that. We're not going to last. If we're going to beat the nice Templar in the softball game next week, we have to do way better, guys. <laughs> Be nice to everyone. That's, that's our slogan. Thanks. Join us, or you'll find yourself in Sarah's. <laughs> laundry torture chamber. That's better. I approve. We'll see you next week. Bye. Joining us for You're a Wizard, Harry. Our editor is Alan Matthews. Our artwork was done by Jesse Carlton, and our music was done by Sean Fagan. I know you want to help us out, so why don't you head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review? And also, send us an email so we can talk to you. Um, you can do that by emailing us at potterpod at geeklyinc.com. Hey, I know you all want to keep talking to us, so find us on Twitter at PotterPod. I'm Michael, and you can find me at Thrifty Nerd. I'm Sarah, and you can find me at Her Lady Tompkins. And I'm Bajaya, and you can find me at Ethic Ninja. This week, we talk about Chapter 5, The Order of the Phoenix, and we discuss... Ah! Oh, what happened? So, oh, I, for, I forgot that we were oh. reacting. So it's supposed to be. I was like, for some reason, I was like, I was ready for the chapter discussion. I was very excited. It's the, it's the books. It's the it's the titular chapter. Man, you okay. took my Sorry. thing away because I was going to say the what? titular chapter. You can say that. This isn't going in there, Alan, right? You don't want to put my ah in there. Okay. Sorry. This week, we talk about. Oh, shit. <laughs>